Welcome to This is the XFL Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Hawkins, and, you know, this is my fourth episode. I want to thank everybody for listening to me. Again, I'm just a man on a phone and some headphones, um, but I've had a lot of uh, listens. Uh, between the three shows, I've had almost 100 listens, which don't seem like a lot, but for a guy just recording out of his bedroom late at night, um, it's a big deal. This has been probably the most highly anticipated episode. Everybody was asking me when it was going to come out. Um, it's going to be a... a a Cliff Notes history of football in St. Louis. It's not going to be 100% full detail just because there's just so much to go over. Um, I got work in the morning. <laughs> it's midnight uh, here in Georgia. Um, but I'm excited to go over this. Uh, a couple things. First off, this is episode four. Um, episode five, I'll be going over the history of, uh, I'm sorry, the um, XFL 2001. I'm going to call it 2001 of football, I see. <laughs> and then episode six going to be me talking about some expansion ideas with XFL going to be about four teams. It's like a slow build, what the next four teams could be if they decided to go to um, a 12-team league. Because um, that's going to be what the next few episodes are going to be over. You know, it's a slow news period, uh, getting close to Christmas time and everything, so I'm going to record all those this week. Probably take a couple weeks off for the holidays. Gear up uh, for 2019, the long off-season that is going to be 2019 for the XFL. Okay. So, St. Louis football. Um, I'm going to start with the Cardinals. And all you're thinking, St. Louis Cardinals, what a creative name. You're right. I, didn't, I, I don't know why they... Well, they didn't really name them that, even though there's already a St. Louis Cardinals there. Before they moved to St. Louis, there was the Chicago Cardinals. Chicago had two teams, the Bears and the Cardinals. And they moved to St. Louis. Um, they moved there in 1960 and stayed till 1980. Seven. Um, the first home game was at Sportsman Park against the Giants in um, October 2nd, 1960. And after that, um, after, um, let's see here, I'm sorry. After about five years there, they moved into Bush Stadium, which is where the Cardinals played. You know, back then it wasn't uncommon for a football team and a baseball team to share a stadium. Um, so that's, that's crazy how they both had two teams named by the Cardinals. Again, they wasn't named that to begin with. They was the Chicago Cardinals. So that's kind of crazy. Um, this is insane. 28 years they was there. I'm sorry. Yeah, 28 years they were there. They only made the playoffs three times. The 74, 75, and 82 season. Um, never hosting any of the playoff games. Or winning any of the playoff games. And a uh, little, uh, little crazy fact here. In St. Louis, the Cardinals... They had uh they won eight hundred and eighty seven games, lost two hundred and two and had thirteen ties. The winning percentage is forty one, but it's still higher than the Chicago Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals had. So they had a higher winning percentage as the St. Louis Cardinals, so they had either of the two before or after. So um Violet Bidwell married a St. Louis businessman. Um I2C inherited the Chicago Cardinals, and that's why they ended up in St. Louis. So they couldn't compete with the Chicago Bears. Bid, the Bidwell family still owns the Cardinals. They, uh, I know that from all or nothing with the Arizona Cardinals. They still hold, uh, own the team. So he had a good drink. Um, it's crazy. In 1960, the 12 owners approved this, they moved to St. Louis. And they was in Chicago for 62 years. Um... They were called the Big Red and the Football Cardinals, or the Gridbirds, in order to avoid confusion with the baseball teams. He had the Baseball Cardinals, 
and the football Cardinals. Kind of like the New York Giants and the New York Football Giants. Um, back when the New York Giants was a baseball team. They, some people still call them the New York Football Giants. Um, they hadn't had... St. Louis hadn't had a, um, a team since the early days of the NFL. And they were difficult to begin with. Um, they held practice in the city park when they first moved there. So you had this whole football team just practicing in a city park. Um, in the first year there... I'm sorry... Um, let me see here. Yeah, in nineteen sixty one when they first they broke even at seven and seven. Um B- Violet Bidwell Wolfner died in nineteen sixty two and her sons Bill and Charles took over. Um they was competitive in the sixties, but they never achieved any playoffs appearances during the decade. Um the Cardinals uh started out seven and seven their first year there. The in a NFL just went fourteen games that season. To compete with the AFL, but then they fell to nine four nine and one in nineteen sixty two. Went nine and five um, in sixty three, but missed the playoffs because the, the playoff season was different back then. Um, let's see. Let's skip ahead a little bit here. Um, the Beardwells considered moving the team to Atlanta because they wanted a new stadium. The city was planning. The construction one, however, St. Louis persuaded them to stay with the promise of a stadium, which would become Bush Memorial Stadium. Um, the team, the Falcons, went um, to Atlanta. Um, uh, the Spencer team went to Atlanta and became the Falcons. Crazy enough, though, the St. Louis basketball team moved to Atlanta and became the Hawks. So Atlanta and St. Louis had this weird history together, um, which I didn't know about, about the Hawks, and I'm... In Georgia, not a big basketball fan. Um, and let's see, in this, in the sixty, uh, let's see, in the sixty-eight season, they finished nine four and one, second in the Eastern Conference, but a victory by the Rams over the Giants denied them a playoff spot um, because the one tie was with the Browns. It's crazy how, if you look at this, they've had good records but had better records. In the same conference or division to keep them from going to the playoffs. In 1965, they went four and one, and that evaporated into a five and nine finish. The Cardinals, you know, even now they're like lovable losers. I mean, they're not having a great season. They're wasting talent. I mean, think about it. they wasted Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. I'm sure back then the fans were thinking, "Damn, they're wasting talent." Even back in the 60s, something about this Cardinals franchise that's cursed even to this day. So, let's go ahead to the 70s. Oh, man. Um, in 1969, St. Louis fell back to 491, but the season saw the re- debut of Roger Worley, um, a star safety out of Missouri who played 14 seasons with the Cardinals and was a, elected to the Hall of Fame in 2007. So, they have some Hall of Famers, which I'll go over them here in a minute. Um, so, in, the seven, in 1970, they got moved to the NFC East Division, which is... Crazy, and I think about because the Cardinals out west, but being in St. Louis, which is crazy because St. Louis is going to be in the Eastern Division of the XFL. They posted three consecutive shutouts in November, first time that's ever you know happened um, by any team. There, they shut down the Oilers, Patriots, and Cowboys. Um, but again, they collapsed down the stretch, losing December games to the Giants, Lions, and Washington. They finished eight five one and out of the playoffs. They had good records. These St. Louis teams had good records, but they always had better records in the division. They started off hot and fell off. It was like they couldn't sustain 
their momentum. And you would think that they would be able to sustain it considering that, you know, they had good players. Um, let's see. Did you, sorry. Then from 1971 to 1973, they, they, they went 4-9-1 each one of those seasons. How the hell do you have a tie? This team has more ties than any other team I think I've ever seen. I know it was a different time then. They didn't have overtime. But, damn, every season since they had a tie, and that's what kept them out of the playoffs and making them have a bad record. Um, in, in 1974, they finally made the playoffs. They raced out to a 7-0 record, uh, won the NSCE championship, the first division title um, in St. Louis. Because they swept their Redskins. Um, but back then, the playoffs, the force, the division champions rotate between home field advantage, regardless of the record. Um, and that year, they didn't get a home playoff game. They lost um, because the NFC champions, it was their turn to go on the road. Um, they lost that year to the Vikings. They was up 7 nothing. went to go kick a field goal, missed it. This is back when Minnesota played outside. Um, and they ended up losing, let's see, they ended up losing 30-14. to So that's kind of that's kind of depressing. But if they hadn't missed that field goal, they would have been up 10 nothing at halftime. You know how momentum is in football. Momentum, you got to keep it going. Um, yeah, they had to keep it going, and they didn't. Again, this seems like a, a theme with the St. Louis Cardinals team. They, they... They have momentum, and they can't keep it going. Um, on Twitter, somebody said there's going to be a lot of tissue and Valium talking about when they listen to this, and it's true. I mean, there is a lot of just stuff to be sad about for the Cardinals team. It's like they're, they're, they're right there. They're right there. Um, right, you know, they're right there at the precipice of being a good team, and they somehow um, – they somehow – just break the fans' hearts. They either have a good, good start, and then um, a good start, and then it just goes away and it evaporates, or they get to where they want to be and then they just blow it. Um, it's it's just kind of crazy, and 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 I get it. I get it because I'm a Falcons fan. Like that's what they do to us now, uh, and Georgia fan. So I mean, I get y'all's heartbreak. I I get y'all's heartbreak. Up there in St. Louis, um, and I'll talk more about my family having uh, having family in St. Louis when I get to the Rams here in just a little bit. Um, this period of the franchise was characterized by close, exciting games, come from high nail biters, and several frustrating near misses, misses like I've been over. Um, the press and the league fans began calling them the Cardiac Cardinals. Um, the start from the seventies was Worley. Uh, Mel Gray, the running back, uh, Robert Seaver, I'm sorry, and running backs Ter- Terry Metcalf and Jim Otis. Um, on Thanksgiving 1976, the Cardinals suffered a controversial loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Cardinals tight end J.B. Kane was running a parent game in a route, was shoved out of the end zone by the Dallas back, Cliff, uh, by a Dallas defensive back, with what was obvious interference, but no penalty was called. Again, this seems like what happens to the Cardinals. Close calls, um, and just and just being right there, uh, and with the loss, they was the th- this thrown the division lead, and they never gained it. Um, they became the first ever NFC team to get ten wins and not make the playoffs. Y'all get right there. Like it seems like y'all have been right there this whole time in St. Louis with the Cardinals. This Cardinals team seems like it could be you know a dynasty, 
Um, and and it and it just didn't it just didn't happen for y'all. It's like y'all right there at it. Um, in '77, uh, they won. They started off slow, won six games, but then Bob Greasy destroyed them um, on Thanksgiving, fifty-five fourteen, and then that was the first of twelve straight losses, which began began kind of the decline um, of the Cardinals. Um, they they just didn't. The the Cardinals experienced several poor drafts starting in nineteen seventy eight and unfortunate just, you know, moves in general. Um in the late seventies they picked a damn kicker, Steve Little, um, in the first round and then he ended up being paralyzed in nineteen eighty automobile ac- accident. Um let's see what happened. Um They had some just some just, they had three winning seasons from nineteen eighty two to nineteen eighty four. They uh the 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 heart and soul of the squad of the team was Neil Lomax, uh Roy Green and Otis Anderson. Which Otis Anderson, you know, was a great running back. Um he ended up playing in um two Super Bowls with the Giants and was Super Bowl of uh, 25 MVP. So, again, y'all had good players there. Y'all had it there. Um, and for th- some reason, it just n- never clicked all together. Like, the stars didn't align. And I get that. As a Georgia sports fan, um, I mean, hell, it took our soccer team. It took our damn soccer team to give us a championship in this state again. Um, I mean, damn Braves were kind of like y'all going into the playoffs and then losing somehow. So I get the heartbreak. Um, in nineteen eighty five, they uh, they started out three and one, but finished five and eleven. Um, so it leads all to nineteen eighty six and nineteen eighty seven, the final season for the Cardinals in St. Louis. Uh, they hired Gene Stalin, a former assistant of Tom Landry, to be there. Um, they finished four eleven and one in nineteen eighty six, but approved at seven eight in nineteen eighty seven. Falling just one win shy of the playoffs, which is crazy back then. Um, let's see. The overall one that what led them from leaving St. Louis is just them being mediocre, combined with the O Stadium, caused the game attendance to dwindle, and the Bidwells decided to move the team. They had three choices in mind: Baltimore, Phoenix, and Jacksonville. Uh, the Cardinals fans, even though they weren't many still there, was unhappy about losing their team. Uh, Bill Bidwell, Food for Safety, stayed away from several of the 1987 home games. The last home game was 1987, or December 13th, 1987. Went the Cardinals won, actually, over the Giants in front of 29,000 people. Not a whole lot. On March 15th, 1988, the Cardinals, I mean, the NFL team owners voted to allow Bidwell to move the Cardinals to Phoenix, which is where they're at now. There was the Phoenix Cardinals for a while, but now they are the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so let's scroll on down here for a minute. Um, just, um, like I said, they, they made the playoffs three times. They won the division twice in 74 and 75, and then they made the playoffs again um, in 1982. All losses, all blowout losses. Um, in 74, they lost in the division around to the Vikings, 30-14. And... Um, 
1975, they lost to the Rams 35-23, and then they got blew out by the Packers in 81, 41-16. All of them on the road never had a home playoff game. They had five Hall of Famers there. Larry Wilson, the free safety. He played from 1960 to 1972. Um, he got inducted in 78. Don Maynard was there as wide receiver, 1973. Roger Worley. Dan Deardorff, which he is a, a, I remember him as an announcer on CBS. And Jackie Smith, the tight end. So what do I think about the, the Cardinals? I think y'all just had bad luck. I think y'all had a good team, good players. But, you know, between just, no, I want to say crappy owners. Um, but, I mean, from the time y'all, in 27 years, y'all had nine coaches. Y'all had nine coaches in 27 years. And when somebody like Landry's been was with the Cowboys for, like, what, 30 years? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's unstable. There's coaches going in and out. Um, y'all played close games. Y'all had near misses. Y'all had good records. It's just y'all was, it was in the wrong time. Y'all was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And just couldn't get over the hump. I mean, y'all had eight, five, you know, eight, nine wins, but finished second in the division. It's like y'all lost to the team that y'all needed to beat in the division, and that was the tiebreaker. Y'all lost the tiebreaker, seemed like every single time, and it's heartbreaking. And I'm sure there's still Cardinals fans out there today who remember being that close and just letting it slip away. And it had to be, y'all had to think. Every year was y'all season because like okay we're gonna build on this and it seemed like every time they had a good record and went to go build on it next year they went from nine wins to four wins and then four wins back to seven and then y'all get back to nine miss the playoffs go back to four wins and a tie like it's just like y'all it's just it was a roller coaster um only won two division championships when y'all signed there and had three playoffs appearances and y'all had to share a stadium with a baseball team which back then you know. Nowadays, you know, that's it don't happen a whole lot. But back then it was normal. Well, I'm sure it was kind of tough going with a second Cardinals in town. Because St. Louis, it's a football city, but to me it's always been a baseball city. Um, that will change, though, when the, when the Rams and Kurt Warner uh, come in town. And I'm about to start talking about the greatest show on turf in the next segment. Um, again, though, I, I feel bad for the Cardinals fans. I'm sure there's some of y'all still out there probably having just flashbacks of those close calls. Um that y'all had. And um so the next thing we're gonna talk about the St. Louis Rams and just I've never seen a team go from championship to you know two Super Bowls to championship to just completely moving again. So we're gonna talk about St. Louis Rams next. Alright, so now let's talk about the St. Louis Rams. Um but y'all y'all got the Rams team in nineteen ninety five. It was crazy because before that Y'all were trying to get an expansion team. And the team name would have been the St. Louis Stallions. But those teams end up going to Jacksonville and uh, Carolina, which is the Jaguars and the um, the Panthers today. So y'all ended up getting L.A.'s team. I don't know why y'all keep getting teams. Um, but y'all kept getting L.A. Rams back in 1995. Believe it or not, y'all played at um, Bush Memorial Stadium, same place as the the Cardinals did, where y'all played against Saints. Um, 
Y'all didn't play in the Transworld Dome, which is now known as the was Edward Jones Dome, now known as the Dome at America Center, which is where the St. Louis XFL team play. Um, y'all moved there November 12th of that year against the Panthers, believe it or not. Um, y'all ended up being very good in St. Louis. Um, I remember my uncle um, lived in St. Charles. And he was a big Rams fan. For Christmas one year, he got me the Kurt Warner book. It is crazy how this man went from bagging groceries and playing arena ball to Super Bowl MVP and MVP in the league. Um, so we're going to skip through the first few years and just go straight to the big stuff here in St. Louis. Um, Dick Vermeil became coach. Um, the, the the only mistake he made as head coach was drafting Lawrence Phillips with the six overall pick in the '96 draft, um, because that made it where Jerome Bettis would get traded to the Steelers for just draft picks. Um, it became one of the most lopsided trades in history because Bettis ended up just being a killer. I mean, a killer player for the Steelers. Think about the greatest show on earth if you had Falk and Better. So, I mean, that was that's that's thunder and lightning if I've ever seen it. I mean, that would have been just speed and hammer. Um, that team. I mean, they're already great, but that would have put them over over the top for sure. Um, I'm sorry, Dick Vermeil did not draft him. Uh, Coach Brooks did. Vermeil though was trying to keep him around. Though he cried, you know, saying, you know, he gave him chance at chance. And we all know Lawrence Phillips' story now. He's recently passed away in the last few years. But the first two seasons was kind of unsuccessful. Um, he was cut from Phillips was cut from the team mid ninety seven. Um, you know, as a draft bus. So that leads us to nineteen ninety nine, the greatest show on turf. So Trent Green, um, he got he they 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 they. Required him and Marshall Falk in two separate trades. Um, in the preseason, though, Green would blow out his ACL. Was going to miss the entire season. Uh, t- Vermeil vowed, though, that the Rams would play good football behind the backup. 28-year-old arena football leaguer and NFL Europe player, a little man named Kurt Warner. Um, a lot of people thought, okay, yeah, Kurt Warner, this no-name guy who was bragging groceries a few weeks ago is going to fill in for Trent Green. A lot of people thought um, that he was going to finish with the worst record in the league, even below the newly expansioned Cleveland Browns. Um, Kurt Warner's success was the biggest story in 99. Um, they, he led the offense called the greatest show on turf. He captured... Um, they ca- he catches the Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, I'm sorry. He catches the MVP. Marshall Falk won Offensive Player of the Year. They was a juggernaut. The league has never seen a team that explosive before. Um, they finished 1999 13-3. It's the second best regular season record the Rams ever had. Um, they went on the defeat of Randy Moss and the Vikings, 49-37. Uh, they go to the first NFC title game. Um... Since 89, when they was in L.A., um, they would play the Buccaneers. And this was a couple years where the Buccaneers shut people down. But their defense was still good then. 
Um, the the Rams didn't do a whole lot in the um, they didn't do a whole lot in the NFC title game. But they, they you know the Buccaneers slowed them down. Um, and it and they the Rams didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. I remember watching this game, uh, but the Rams ended up winning eleven to six because Kurt Warner threw one touchdown to Ricky Prohl. Uh, he made a one handed catch. Um, in you know, and that's all he needed. Um, it was eleven to six. The greatest show on turf got stifled, and they would go on. And I remember this to me. This is one of my favorite games ever. They went on to Super Bowl thirty four to play. In Atlanta against Tennessee Titans, Atlanta that year. It's, this Super Bowl is one of the reasons why we didn't get a Super Bowl again until this year. There was a damn snow and ice storm that time, so like St. Louis probably was like, "Oh, we're right at home." Then we come here to Atlanta to expect. I don't want to say tropical weather because it's not, but mild weather for this time of year. Then you know the Super Bowl was in January then, but no, they get a damn ice storm. Um, they play the Titans, um, who had also relocated. So this is two teams. Who relocated, playing each other um, in the Super Bowl. A lot of people are going to say Super Bowl 51 was the best Super Bowl ever. Um, with the pages come back into the Falcons and the Falcons fan, it makes me sick to my stomach even talking about it. Um, but to me, this is the best Super Bowl ever. Kurt Warner and them, I mean, they went back and forth. Kurt Warner, um, he played well in this game, really, really well. Um, they was up 16 to nothing at one point. Tennessee comes back, uh, the title game 16-16, and then on the very next play, Kurt Warner, I mean, the very next drive, uh, Kurt Warner throws a 73-yard bomb to the one and only Isaac Bruce. On the very next play, Tennessee ties the game. He goes, you know what? Screw this. We're going to win this now. 73-yard bomb to Isaac Bruce, the third member of the what I call the triplets of the greatest show on turf. Um, and then, with a minute 53 left, Titans get the ball, and they're just trying to do a last-minute drive. They get to the 10-yard line with six seconds left. McNair throws the ball to Kevin Dyson. He was one yard short. The play is known in St. Louis as the tackle. Mike Jones brought him down just 18 inches shy of the goal line, ending the game, and Coach Dick McMill, they're Gave him and the Rams their first ever Super Bowl victory. Uh, Warner was named MVP. He had a fantastic game um, that Super Bowl. Let's look up his stats. I'm sorry. Again, this is Cliff Notes. I'm trying to go over this a quick history of football in St. Louis. And it's fascinating how close y'all were as the Cardinals. Y'all get the Rams back. And this man that many people never heard of comes down, <laughs> comes into y'all's lives on an accident. Literally an accident. And... Just, just dominates for y'all, and 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 one of those fun defenses ever. Um, Isaac Brooks caught six passes for 162 yards, the third highest in Super Bowl history, and a touchdown. Uh, Tory Holt had seven catches for 109 yards, the most ever by a rookie. Um, they became the fourth pair of teammates to ever have 100 yards receiving in a Super Bowl. Um, Marshall Falk only had 17 rushing yards, but gained 90 receiving on five catches. Um, let's see here. It's also only the second to date, the most recent Super Bowl, with neither team turn over the ball. Um, so it's crazy. Um, 
They played good, clean football. It was a fun game. No controversy. It was just good football. Um, it was the first Super Bowl of 2000. And to me, it's, it's still the best best game I've ever seen. Uh, one of my favorite Super Bowls of all time. Um, I was actually rooting for Tennessee to win because it was closer to me. But um, Kurt Warner's story is just crazy how you went from bagging groceries to Super Bowl champion. It was it was storybooking. You know, you can't make that up. This, this should be a movie based on Kurt Warner. Even now, he's, you know, working with NFL Network. And it's all because of this. I mean, he could still be bagging groceries for all we know. Um, and he's, you know, here he is. Kurt Warner went 24-45 for 414 yards and two touchdowns, a 99.7 rating. Again, the Marshall Falk got cut down running the ball. I mean, he didn't do hardly anything. So, Kurt Warner kind of put it on his shoulders and said, you know what, I'm going to carry this team like I have all year. So, a lot of people started talking about a repeat. A lot of people started talking about a repeat because you had this great offense coming back together. Um, And so, the question was, can they repeat again? And, you know, Trent Green, of course, left because he's like, there's no place for me to be here because – I mean, this ain't today's Philadelphia Eagles where Nick Foles won MVP and he's back up again. You know, they knew then that they had they had somebody special. So here comes 2000. Um, Dick Vermeule retired. <coughs> he was replaced with his apprentice and offense coordinator, Mike March. But Mike March was the, the brain behind the greatest show on turf. Um, in his first year as coach, they won their, you know, they won their first six games and went seven and one in the first half of the season. So you're like, okay, they're back. The Rams will start um, doing good. But in the second half, they went three and five, including a three-game losing streak. They made the playoffs ten and six. They barely snuck in as the sixth seed and faced the Saints in the wild card round, and they lost in the Superdome. Um, they was getting beat thirty-one seven, scored three state touchdowns, but it fell short. And um, they lost to the the Saints, and it was the Saints' first playoff win in franchise history. However, in 2001, they came back um, with a vengeance. They went 14 and two in 2001, including going undefeated um, in on the road um, for the third straight year. They had scored 500 or more points. But they also, this time, had a good defense as well. Coached by Lovey Smith, which a lot of y'all know Lovey Smith, and led by Adam Archuleta. Um, in the division around that year, they handled Green Bay. They um, they beat the Eagles, which who had Donovan McNabb and everything, in the NFC title game. And they led, this led to um, Super Bowl thirty six against the Patriots. Um the Patriots was kind of like the Rams were a few years before. They had a Cinderella run, including a controversial win against the Raiders that year, 16-13 in the division round, known as the Tuck Rule Game. I remember this game. It was right after September 11th. Um, you know, everybody was, you know, America everywhere. The, the logo was, the, uh, you know, America. I made a mistake that day, and I want to apologize to everybody in St. Louis. I rooted for the Patriots because I'm like you know what it's 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 right after 9-11 we're Patriots let's root for the Patriots the Rams just won it two year, years ago let somebody new win 
if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now about the Patriots and Tom Brady and them, <coughs> I wish the Rams would have stomped their ass and just ended it before he even started. Um, they look like there's going to be the first, the Rams did the first dynasty of the 21st century. There was a 14 point favorite. <coughs> um, despite that, the Patriots dominated the game. They they shut down the wideouts and running backs. Um, they, they they disrupted the passing game. They also hit Kurt Warner every time. Um, they could even led to a tie law interception. But the Rams came back, um, tied the game, seventeen seventeen. But the Patriots came down the field. Um, and here comes Adam Vinatieri hitting the game-winning field goal to win 2017. The game later up later became um, known as Spygate. It came from the Spygate um, that saying that they taped the Rams walkthrough practice prior to the game. Um, but they later found out that there was no tape. So, but the Spygate, and even, you know, the Patriots cheating, that kind of started then. So, not only did the dynasty start for the Patriots then, instead of the Rams, but the myth, well, actually, ain't a damn myth because they've done it, but the Patriots cheating started then as well. Um, young quarterback Mark Bolger kind of took in after Kurt Warner got hurt. Um, and then he kind of took over because he kept... Making mistakes, cut one and three t- lost to starting out the Bulger. Um, and he because he 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 had six fumbles in the opener against the Giants in 2003. They go 12 4 uh, under Bulger in 2003 at, and they got uh, destroyed. Um, actually, they didn't get destroyed. Panthers ended up beating them 29 23 in double overtime, and the Panthers went on to win. NFC title. After that, um, the the Rams were never the same. Um, you know they couldn't feel the dome after that. <coughs> the magic was gone, and they went from a playoff drought from two thousand five to two thousand fifteen. <coughs> I'm sorry, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't find their footing anymore, and. Um, in 2010, the worst thing could have happened. Stan Kroenke took over. Um, he took over in 2010 from the then owner, majority owners, Rosenblum and Rodriguez. Um, and after that, it became the Sam Bradford and Jeff Fisher era. That's that's where the Rams went down. They, they drafted, they went 115 through 9. They drafted Sam Bradford to the one pick. He never could stay healthy. Um, the best thing that happened then, though, the Rams' all-time leading rusher is not Marshall Falk. Like you think it would be, it was Steven Jackson. Again, I was talking about earlier about St. Louis Cardinals wasting talent. They did that with Steven Jackson. The man never got to play in the playoffs. Think about that. The ne- the leading rusher of the of the franchise until Todd Gurley probably takes it over because it's still a connected franchise. Steven Jackson never got to play in the playoff game. Um, well, not as a Ram. He ended up playing in one for the Falcons, so that's good. But they wasted, you know, they wasted, they wasted, um, 
they just wasted talent. Um, 2015, the final season in um, St. Louis, they traded Sam Bradford for Nick Foles. That was a disaster. Um, he ended up winning. A, he ended up going back to Philadelphia, winning the Super Bowl. Um, Tar Gurley arrived. Um, in the final year, that did not help any either. Um, and this just, I mean, it just, it's, it was just time to move. The stadium, uh, Spagnolo, uh, I'm sorry, not Spagnolo, um, Conky wanted a new stadium because that dome, the dome is old, and um, he wanted a new stadium, and he just couldn't get one. Um, they had a deal that the Edward Jones Dome had to be in the top 25% of the league, or they could leave. Um, so that's, that's the deal they made, and it wasn't. Um, they decided that they, they had to pay, the city of St. Louis had to pay the Rams attorney fees, which was about $2 million. Um, there's no, there was no interest for the Rams and the city, county, and state officials providing any funding to the Edward Jones Dome to get it at least, if they couldn't get a new stadium, they at least wanted it remodeled. They said no. They weren't going to do it. Um, the Rams, Cronky and them pissed off the city. Um, and they violated the lease of the Dome by having a play, having a regular season game played in London, which violated it because not all the, not all the, not all the team, not all the home games was at home. So they violated the lease from that. Um, Kroenke in 2014 snuck and bought 60 acres of land um, next to the Forum in Los Angeles, and that's where um, the stadium's being built as we speak. Um, and then on 2015, the Los Angeles Times reported that Kroenke and the Capital Group was part- partnering to develop an NFL stadium. They were still in St. Louis. While this man <laughs> is building a stadium in another city, he knew he was leaving. It wasn't about the stadium. It was not about the stadium. It was about going to L.A. He did not want to be in St. Louis. He never wanted to be in St. Louis. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what that motherfucker says. Sorry for my language. I'm not even from St. Louis and it pisses me off. He, it's kind of what Oakland's doing now. They're building a stadium in Los, uh, Las Vegas. And they even, you know, they're still in Oakland. Can you imagine watching your team owner build another stadium when they even they even they even worried they're not worried about putting a winning team out in St. Louis they never was he wasn't it went downhill after he bought the team Kyrie Jeff Fisher Mr. 500 who was an awful coach um on two in January 4th 2016 the the Rams filed um location back to LA for the 2016 season um three teams uh, opted to move to Oakland, or to move to uh, Los Angeles, uh, Oakland, and the Chargers. Um, the Rams and the Chargers went. Um, the Chargers later ended up going. They're going to be sharing a stadium come 2021. And on January 12th, oh, I'm sorry, on, um, um, on January 12th, they won the, they won the right to relocate to L.A. Um, it turned out that him and the Chargers were just going to, um, pair up together. Um, 
So that that's that's how the St. Louis that's how the St. Louis team died um that day. Went fourteen and two, thirteen and three, twelve and four, and then after that just one win, seven wins, two wins. I mean they just died after that. Um retired numbers, um, of course Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and Jackie Slater was the retired numbers. Um number twenty eight, seventy eight and eighty respectfully. It's St. Louis Rams players in the Hall of Fame, Jackie Slater, Jerome Bettis, Aninas Williams, Marshall Falk, Orlando Pace, who was a great player, first round pick ninety seven, and Kurt Warner. So Toy Holt, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner. We're never gonna see another just team like that again. Like we're never gonna see just that much offense. I say that, but we're kinda of getting there. We're never gonna see that kind of team again, but we're kinda of getting it now. Maybe in a better version. With Mahomes, I guess used to be Hunt, but not anymore. Mahomes, at the time Hunt, Hill, and Kelsey. Um, they're gonna be the new kind of offense to run by. People in LA probably thought they was getting the, the Showtime kind of runs with golf and them, but they hell they just lost to the Eagles with Big Falls. So, um, so here we are, twenty twenty. St. Louis is finally getting back in the professional football. By this time, it'd be about what four or five years. Since y'all had a pro team, and um, here y'all are about to get another pro team. Best of luck to y'all. Um, I'm sorry I didn't go into full detail. This is just kind of a Cliff Notes version of what happened in St. Louis and why the XFL needs to come there. Y'all don't have a team. Y'all the only team in the XFL to not have an NFL team. Go out there, fans. Support your team. That's kind of why y'all are slacking. That's probably why they not. That ain't the reason why they left the LA. But y'all didn't help any. Probably not coming out to the games. Just show up. Be loud. Come February eighth and not twenty twenty, and show your support for this team because y'all never know when y'all might get another NFL, another pro team. Go out there and show the NFL that they made a mistake sending the Rams to LA and that y'all deserve another team when the time comes. Hell, y'all might be the St. Louis Jaguars one day. You never know. Um... So go out there, show support for your team, um, and I hope I'm going to be rooting for St. Louis. St. Louis is probably going to be my XFL team because y'all the little underdog. Y'all the only one without NFL team. Go out there and show them that they made the right choice giving y'all a team come 2020. Thank you for joining me on this episode. It's been my longest episode so far. Um, go back to the other three episodes. Leave me you know, a like on Facebook. This is the XFL Podcast. Um, like me on, uh, follow me on Twitter at is underscore XFL. Leave me a review, good or bad, um, and just tell your friends about me. Again, it's a rough around the edges kind of podcast. Um, it's just me. It's just my phone. It's just my headphones. Um, but I'm trying. On the next episode, we're gonna go over the XFL 2001, uh, a football odyssey. It's gonna be a wild ride. Um, so thank you for joining me, and good night.